It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. See you, Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Excuse me. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday to all of you. You are listening and watching Game On live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Josh Silverberg. Of course, the great and powerful Speedy P will be joining me in a little bit. We're going to go do some NFL picks. I'm going to bring him on as well to talk about the Giants 49ers game last night. A 3-12 win for the 49ers. We'll get into uh, questions in regards to the officiating, in regards to how the Giants were. That will obviously preview this week. Damian Lillard conversation. We're going to get into that. How the Heat, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, are not the team that is close to trading for Damian Lillard. Could it be somebody else? And Giannis to the Knicks. Where have I heard this before? Maybe the narrative change is different this time. You can check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com as well as Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter. We are on YouTube, Spotify, all over the place. So check us out and all of our great shows on there. I hope you're having a beautiful week. This will be our new start time. We're going to be going from 6.30, around 7.30, maybe a little before that. Um, We're going to do that because of traffic and commuting. And it's so funny because today I got home 5.30 today, right? So. I was like, of course, the day that I changed the time to 6.30, I get home on time. But I knew Trey was doing his show still. But I am also back in my studio down here as well. Everything has gotten fixed up. Looking spiffy. As always, we have a lot of uh, talks to get to. And let's start, of course, with last night's game. And we'll get Speedy on a little bit later to discuss his New York Giants. And I want to talk about the game last night where the 49ers win 37-12. And it looked good early on for the New York Giants. They were driving the first drive of the game. Um, and, and, and you look at how the game, uh, progressed as it went on. And it was interesting because the giants were hanging in there with San Francisco. It was tight. I know, I think it went to the half 17 to six. They got a big field goal from Graham Gano, uh, right before the half. So that was good for them. They had a little bit of momentum on that drive, but man, that 49ers offense though, McCaffrey, Samuel, Kittle, Purdy did a nice job. Even – and then Brandon Ayuk's out. Oh, we're just going to get um, the rookie. I believe his name – Speedy will think of the name that was crushing the Giants last night, the receiver on the 49ers. But nevertheless, the New York Giants have another test against a star-studded team, and talent overtakes it. Now, 
Ronnie Bell was his name. Thank you, Speedy. Now, of course, we're going to look back at interesting calls by the referee. Williams, 110%, should have been kicked out of the game. You throw a punch like that right in front of the official, you should be thrown out of the game. Period. End of discussion. All of that. I don't, and my bad on this one, too. I don't know why I don't have the comment section up. That's a bad job on my part. Let me see. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. The issue, again, was the officiating. They always make it about themselves, I feel like, especially in the NFL. Trent Williams should have 100% been kicked out of the game. You don't throw a punch at that. And I think maybe a one-game suspension brought in as well. I mean, he he had a close fist, and he just wailed down the Giants. And it was also stupid because the guy on the Giants had a helmet on. So, to me, Trent Williams put himself in danger. And the 49ers' deep offensive line is nowhere near as good as it once was. They lost guys like Mike McGlinchey, all these other guys that they've had on the line, which has been a stout um, – supremacy for them for the last couple of years. Now they do have arguably the best left tackle in football in Williams. That helps a lot. And, and they, they kind of held um, Kittle at bay. But again, they had also a lot, of, you know, and also the Leonard Williams rough in the pass. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? But the rough in the passer at this point, what is it? Leonard Williams was going to the quarterback. What do you want him to do? He stops short. Where's he going to go? What do you want him to tear? What do you want him to tear an Achilles or something? Like, like you know, you want to, you want to tear a quad. If he stops short, what do you want him to do? He's going towards the quarterback. Purdy still had the ball in his hands. He had just released it. Williams goes down. Now they're going to say that because he lifted him, and I guess the way he drove his body to the ground, and he was on top of Purdy, they're going to say that that was. Come on, stop. If we're going to get to this route, folks, we need to start doing flag football then. Because at this point, we can't. It happened in the Jet Cowboy game last week. Franklin Myers got called for a rough in the passer, and the NFL came out the next day and said that was not rough in the passer. I mean, Robert Sala said this week, I think rough in the passer calls should be challenged. And I think it should go above, in my opinion, it should go above the referees that are at that game, and it should go to the NFL officiating office. Get a headset on and talk to them. You can't sit there and tell me that Leonard Williams had a rough in the passer call. He didn't. It's a clean hit. He, there's no way for him to stop his momentum. It's impossible for him. And then, of course, Trip Williams not getting kicked out of the game was insane. I saw that, so I was like, wow. Right in front of the referee, too. Yeah, I got to throw him out of the game. I thought that was – when it wasn't pretty by any means by Brock Purdy last night, but listen, he got the job done. He was able to, 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 to really get the job and finish it again. The Giants had opportunities to get off the field. You have a third and 15 Debo Samuel gets a first down. I believe it was like another third and nine for the McCaffrey gets a first down. So these are issues that if you're the New York Giants, you have to fix. And then the reports are coming out that Brian Dable was the one calling the plays at Mike Kafka. So then why don't the Giants just get rid of Kafka then and let's let Dable call the place on offense? I mean, it's no secret you've seen how much better Dable was at calling plays. Now, again, they didn't score, and you knew they weren't going to score. And this is still the problem with the Giants. It's talent deficiency with the New York Giants. Last season is going to hurt the Giants because it's given them one false hope to you're giving Daniel Jones all that money. He is not worth that money. He threw, what, 15 touchdowns last year. Then you see Jaquan Barkley, who's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to be up for the next couple weeks. 
when in fact the Dable even was like, oh, he might play. He might get involved in this game. There's no shot that Barkley was going to play, if anything, with an ankle. And then you're hearing all this stuff this week about Kayvon Thibodeau and like everybody was celebrating during the Cardinal game and he's on the bench at the end praying. Whatever he's doing, he somebody cares more about his brand than he does the game of football. And that was what a lot of people said coming with him coming out of college was does Kayvon take care about football or his brand? And clearly you see it by the numbers. He cares about that. He got a sack last night. Again, it was kind of pretty running into him, but it still counts, right? It's on the score sheet. On the stat sheet, the thing about the New York Giants is this. I think last season hindered this team because you're now with Jones for the next couple of years. And Dable, everybody even saying, well, who did you want the Giants to get a quarterback? Just do a rebuild this year. Let Tyrod Taylor be the guy, get a better draft pick, and go draft somebody. And then bring a veteran in next year, let that quarterback sit next year. And let Brian Dable have the quarterback that he wants. Now, people are saying, well, you don't think Dable had any say in Daniel Jones and everything like that? I, I would imagine he did, but if I'm Dable and you're going to pick Daniel Jones over developing your own quarterback out of this draft class, well, then I have to somewhat question Brian Dable in regards of talent seeking then. Because Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdowns last year. He's not going to win you anything. You see it constantly. And I give Daniel Jones credit. Does he have weapons? No. I understand that. But the problem is he's more about running with his legs and everything. And I will say this to this day, and I said it when I was on Sports Lab Mouse when I was with Speedy and Arrow at the time, Brian Dable should have been the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and they should have fired Sean McDermott after that game against the Chiefs in the divisional round. And you've seen the regression of Josh Allen now. But – Again, this is what it comes down to. You can't sit there and tell me that Daniel Jones is worth, worth what, $40 million a year? He's not. He's not that guy. He's not going to get you over the top to where you want to go with this organization. I don't see it from him. Now, Hyatt looks like a good kid. Second-round pick, wide receiver. Looks like a nice player. And I understand the offensive line was banged up last night, but the offensive line actually did not do that bad of a job last night for the Giants. They hung in there. But also with with Joe Shane, his first draft, if I'm not mistaken, his first draft, or would this be his second? Yeah, his first draft, Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, have not been good. And I'm not saying Joe Shane doesn't know talent, but you have to question those two picks so far. Evan Neal looks like a disaster so far. I mean, there was a play last night where I believe it was uh, Greenlaw was going after Jones, and Neal just gives up on the on the block, and Greenlaw just goes running at Jones, tackles him. Jones barely gets the ball out of bounds in time. So when I look at it in this perspective with the New York Giants, it's this. You have to ask yourself the question. Now that you're locked into Daniel Jones for the next couple of years, now and again, they're going to have cap space. Understandably, it's great that they're going to. Do you feel confident as a Giant fan that this is the guy that's going to take you to that elite level? I don't see it with him. He sometimes will play with reckless abandon where he runs out of the pocket. He doesn't throw for enough touchdowns either. 
And I know touchdown, I feel like we're getting all into the analytics perspective, right? Because that's what the NFL is becoming now, analytics. That's what it all is. Every sport's becoming that at this point. You're locked on this guy for the next three seasons. And with Daniel Jones, I'm not seeing any positivity in him getting any better than what he is. Now, would you like to see him with a number one receiver? Sure. Maybe do the Giants go after T. Higgins in the offseason? Possible. Would T. Higgins make Daniel Jones a little bit better? Maybe. I would, you like to think so, right? But I just don't know if Daniel Jones is going to get them to the next ump as a quarterback for this team. And again, I feel like last season hindered the Giants. It gave false hope. And you're seeing it with this schedule. They got blasted by the Eagles in the playoffs last year. They got lambasted opening night against the Cowboys at home. And then they got beat up by the 49ers last night. And those are three of the top dogs in the NFC, and they're not even close to those two, those three teams. So to me, I, I, I have to wonder what the Giants go. As far as the 49ers go, listen, we know what they are. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. That was without Brandon Ayuk yesterday. Best defense in football. They have offensive weapons. All right, I like the full housing that they did. Because with Foss being filmed in in San Francisco and everything, and they had all the guys, they had Purdy and Kittle and Ayuk and Samuel and McCaffrey, all over the place. They got weapons everywhere. And that's what Kyle Shanahan does. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in football. Now, has Shanahan ever been able to finish as a coach or as a coordinator? You go back to the Super Bowls with Atlanta. You go back to the Super Bowl against Kansas City. And you say to yourself, is this guy a finisher? Like, you know, like his dad was. Now, his dad had John Elway. Of course, that helps a lot. Whereas Kyle's got Brock Purdy. It's night and day. We know that. But to me, I look at it in this way. The San Francisco 49ers are at the cream of the crop in the NFC. And that is the biggest thing when I look at it. You see where they are. They're going to ride that defense. And they're going to take, and they're going to, and they have the weapons to be able to get to that next tier of where they want to be. So to me, uh, and I, I think especially now with Trayvon Diggs going out for the year for the Cowboys, I think that's a massive loss for for Dallas. You, you underestimate it because here's the deal: <clears throat> Giggs, uh, Diggs and Gilmore were doing great together, and now Trayvon Diggs is out for the season. I still think San Francisco, right now, is the best team. I was kind of leaning with Dallas, but now with the Diggs injury, it's going to be very interesting uh, going forward. As far as we're going to get, we're going to preview our NFL picks this week. We're going to get into all of it with Speedy in a couple of minutes. I want to get into some NBA conversation before we go to a break, and then we'll bring Speedy on. Damian Lillard, Wojnowski saying that he is close to being traded. We just don't know where. And the Miami here are not the team. So who would it be? My guess is the Toronto Raptors, where they're going to try to do, where Masai Ujiri is going to try to do another Kawhi Leonard situation. Now, again, maybe Lillard and Siakam, get the, obviously, will get them to the playoffs. Is it enough? I don't think, obviously, Lillard's not Kawhi Leonard. Right? Like, that's just, that's not what he is. Dame's still a great player. But I just don't know if 
See, Snug says I'm watching. Snug, I have no say over that. Um, in regards to Damian Lillard, to me, he'll get them to the playoffs, Toronto, if that's where he's going. Um, I don't think it's the Nets or the Knicks or Boston or any of those teams. It's not them. It's Mil- not Milwaukee. It's, it's probably Toronto as the team. And then you're hearing the rumors of Giannis and the Knicks. And the Knicks are keeping eyes on it, as are Golden State, as is Brooklyn, as is Toronto. I don't know who other teams there were that were there. You would have to say the Knicks are probably the favorite because of what they can offer in a trade. They have 12 second-round picks, I think seven first-round picks, and a boatload of young players if they were to get that. Uh, Errol has said to me off the, right, off the air that he'd rather Devin Booker. I think if you're a Knicks fan, you'll take you the one. The Knicks need scoring. We know this. We saw it in the playoffs last year against Miami. They need scoring. Big time. Now, of course, Devin Booker would do, would help that live in that backcourt with Jalen Brunson. But the issue is, what are you going to have to offer in a trade for Devin Booker? And you have to wait for the Suns to possibly collapse. And I don't think it's going to work out for Phoenix this year with Beal and Durant and Booker. That's a lot. That's a lot. And Aiden, it's one ball out there, people. So when I look at how the Phoenix Suns are going to go this year, I'm curious where it ends up. I'm not sure. But Giannis has gone on record as saying he is not signing an extension right now with Milwaukee. He will not do it. He's got a player option after next year. Or I believe the year after that, and he's out, probably. And then, of course, you have Donovan Mitchell. There's another guy that's going to probably opt out. Get out of Cleveland. He's going to want to go to the Knicks. So I'm curious where this whole thing goes. And you wonder what would be offered in a trade for Giannis. You're going to have to trade R.J. Barrett. You're going to have to trade Emmanuel quickly. You're going to have to trade Quentin Grimes. You'll have to trade a boatload of draft picks for Giannis. It's a lot. Or what you could do is if everything goes south for Phoenix, maybe you trade for Booker. And then when Giannis becomes a free agent, you sign Giannis. Who knows? I don't know what Leon Rose is thinking. He's the phantom of MSG. He don't say a word to anybody. So I don't know what he's doing. Now, listen, Leon Rose has done a nice job at building this franchise. You you look at where the Knicks are heading and, and trending. It's hopefully up. They get DiVincenzo. The Knicks need another superstar. We saw it, right? That is where the New York Knicks are really lacking right now is that star power. Now, they have nice players. I think Jalen Brunson is going to become a superstar. I don't think he's there just yet. But he will get there. It will happen for him. We saw it last year. He did everything he could to power that Nick team through the postseason. But the question is, is what do the Knicks need to get over the top? Do, do they feel if they trade for Giannis, is Giannis going to get them over the top? Is Donovan Mitchell the guy? Is Joel Embiid the guy? I don't know. That's yeah, a mess in Philadelphia in itself. What a disaster that team is with Maury and Harden. Eesh. But either way, I, I think if you're the New York Knicks, you're keeping a close eye on this Giannis thing. I, it wouldn't happen until later in the year, I wouldn't think. I don't think it's going to happen before the season starts. There's no way Milwaukee would be like, yeah, we're going to trade him now. But now, again, if the Knicks offer Barrett quickly, Grimes, like, Eight draft picks. Then you're talking, we really have a choice, but not to not take this for one guy. But then again, the Knicks are taking their entire depth away from them. That's the issue. We're going to take a break. 
when we come back, Speedy is going to join for the rest of the show. We're going to get into the Giants with him. We're going to get into some of our NFL picks. Speedy's going to update what our records are. And we are going to finish the show with our picks. And then we are going to get to our buzzer beater. And yes, my dad does like the NBA. He's a big Knicks fan. So we're going to be right back. This is Game On Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game On! Game On! We're, we're back. back. The juice is you're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second half of Game On Live right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can check us out at WorldwideSportsRadio.com, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Periscope, Twitch, everywhere. And don't forget to check out our other shows. We have the Weekend Crunch every Saturday night at 7 o'clock. 103.9 FM, the LA News Radio Network, and the Sports Lineup with Speedy Petey and Errol Marks on that show, too. Check out the the Wise Guys, the Herd Show, about the Buffalo Bills, the Betting Show, all that and so much more. It is now 7 o'clock, and we are going to bring him in now, Mr. Giant Fan himself, Speedy Petey, everybody. Well, there's not much to applause to with the Giants, but you can applause me if you want. That's fine. I was just trying to keep your spirits up, dude. I like, mm. I like your hat. Yes, I I couldn't wear a giant hat after getting the thrashed yesterday. Are but... you thinking Giannis goes to the Knicks? Mm, I, probably not. I'm thinking more down the line if uh, there's more dysfunction like there was last year, maybe Luka Doncic. Okay, so you think Doncic. Yeah. I think Giannis. Okay. Errol thinks Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. All right. We all have different theories on this whole thing. And then in the end, watch, Donovan Mitchell is going to be the one that we go full circle and come back. <laughs> Maybe, maybe hopefully James Dolan will be gone before that decision is made. Apparently, he hates owning teams. Yep. So <laughs> one can only hope. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, Speedy, because I know uh, the, the the game happened last night. You didn't get to really have your your thoughts on the game last night. Um, what were your final reactions to the way the Giants played last night, Daniel Jones, and et cetera? Because time and time again, we've gone back and forth on saying, was this contract worth it for the Giants? I don't think it was. I think last year is going to hinder the Giants more than it's going to help them. Yeah, I, I think I said at the time when they, they signed it, he was like slightly overpaid. I would have paid him probably four to four, about four or five million dollars less per year. Now, I was good with them paying him and not like franchise tagging him because we've seen teams. Uh, make quarterbacks unhappy when you franchise tag. I make a Washington with Kirk Cousins, but still you're right. They still have enough talent deficiencies that have definitely been evident in this game. Now I will say two things that I, that played well that I didn't expect to play well. Like you said, the offensive line actually held up their own without Andrew Thomas especially in the second half, and also the red zone defense. They held them to a bunch of field goals, which kept the game close for a while until probably early in the fourth quarter, and that kept it a one-possession game. That Ronnie Bell guy, man, killed you guys last night. Yep, Carl Lovett, Michigan's Ronnie Bell, finally as a, uh, I guess, a passing game target that's making an impact in the NFL. Well, now it adds another dimension for them, right? Because when IU comes back, now you've got technically, you got two really good receivers, and you could add Bell in the mix with Mm -hmm. McCaffrey and Kittle. Why not just give them another weapon? Oh, yeah, the Fits that scheme perfectly, too. I think uh, in college football last year, he was second in the country in terms of yards after the catch, which fits that scheme perfectly. <laughs> I, I just felt last night. Now, listen, I do think the Giants got hosed on a lot of things. I don't think it was a, it was a rough in the pass on Williams. No, it wasn't. Well, Trent Williams should have been easily ejected from that game at halftime. What is with Kayvon Thibodeau, dude? Is this guy mental? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because you're right. I think he was coming along more in the second half last season, and this season he's kind of been. I want to say he wants to try to only do one move all the time. It seems like he's only doing the swim move, and that's it. And it's affected them when it comes to good tackles being able to predict that, like you're saying, Trent Williams and Dallas in week one, and Arizona. I'm not, I'm not going to say about that, but regardless. I think that next step in his development has to come because the Giants last year were able to strive with edge rushing depth in the beginning of the season when Thibodeau was hurt, but you're not seeing that as much this year. And I like it's just weird because like his explanations to the media are so weird. It's like, well, you know, schematically they're they're teaming me up, blah blah blah, blah, and doing it. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, but dude. It's not like the Giants have Stiffs on the line. They have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams on the line. uh, They're not just double-teaming you. Like, they're not doing that. Right, and that's where the other— I I would think if you're going to double-team somebody on the line, it's going to be Lawrence. Right. Now, again, in different uh, different positions, different points of emphasis, power rushing, Kayvon Thibodeau, he's— Again, pretty strong for his size, but again, he's not normally going to go to the power moves as much. And I think just those other guys not playing like they did last year with the other edge groups with Zimenez and Jihad Ward, who was big in the beginning of the first half last year when Ojalari was hurt and Ojalari hurt again. And Thibodeau has not taken that next step into that that first pick pass yeah, rusher. But he's, speedy. he's just a weird dude. Like, the team is celebrating when they tie the game or took the lead, and he's sitting there praying at the end of the... What? Well, uh, yeah, every pl- every, what, every player's got their that? mannerisms and whatever. As long as you I don't... Look, I, the one thing I do look back, and I wanted to harp on this quick, it's crazy. Somebody brought this up to me. They were like, man, you know, the 49ers, when they took Trey Lance, you imagine if they were smart enough and they took Micah Parsons with that pick? I said the same thing about 2017 too. I think the 49ers would have beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if they didn't love to. They love to overload on defensive linemen for whatever reason. If they took Lattimore in that draft instead of Solomon Thomas, I think they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because he's fast enough to at least contain. Yeah, him. I mean, can you imagine if they had Micah Parsons on that 49ers defense? Mm-hmm. They've had some odd first round pick selections. Even 2020, think about that. They it's trade- crazy. Their, their later picks always hit more than their first round picks. No, I know that. Think about 2020 too. Thing. Uh, they trade DeForest Buckner to the Colts, I'm like, okay, they're going to go draft a receiver because they needed a receiver at the time. Now, they took Ayuk later, fine, but they also needed corners, so they either could have taken Judy, they could have taken Lamb, either one of them, and then maybe drafted a corner later, or drafted a corner in that spot as well. I think that was the Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson, that draft. Maybe take one of them, but no, they take another defensive tackle in Kinlaw who can't stay healthy. I've never seen a GM like John Lynch flop on so many first round picks and still get praised because of his later draft picks. Right. It's crazy. I've never seen a team flop more than the 49ers do on first round picks. Mm-hmm. And in the last uh, strange, strange big contracts too. D4, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> D4, uh, D4 was a bad one. Yeah, who I liked as a player, well, but no, I knew. Well, no, D4 was good the first year with them. Yeah, but he was not a four three type player. No, he though. wasn't. That was the they problem. took him because of the name and what he got for yeah. sacks for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Which he emerged later. He's a good. Looks as John Lynch got extended today. Did he get extended today, John? Lynch? Oh, did he? I don't. I don't know. But yeah, I think a good reason for that is, like you said, he day three picks. He's nailed a lot of them. I mean, look. It's also they got McCaffrey. A trade, right? So yeah, but he also uh, gave up a lot for that too, though. I mean, he did, but it's been worth I, it, has it not? Sure, I, I wouldn't call that like a fleecing, though. Like you, you no, you... but I mean, look, well, 
Let me ask you this. If they, if they don't have McCaffrey on this team, with Purdy as the quarterback, are they as good as they are? They're still good, but yeah, not this good. No, they're not. They're probably the best team in the NFC now, especially now with Diggs out for the year for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably the most complete team in the NFC. Yeah, that's fair. They might be the most complete team in the NFL. Yeah, they probably are. It's, yeah, the the way they've played this year, there haven't hasn't been a I guess terrible flaw. The only thing that I think has hindered them, and the Giants were able to expose it a little in the second half, has been their interior offensive line a little bit. That's what well because McGlinchey left as a free agent, so that was a killer. They couldn't afford him. Um, and you've noticed the last couple of years, I'd say the last two years, you notice those stout offensive linemen they had in that Super Bowl run against Kansas City are gone pretty much. Yeah. Well, they took a lot of guys from Atlanta. That's why they've yeah. of Shanahan. But now they yeah. had Aaron Banks is a good young guard they drafted two years ago. But yeah, besides that, they're trying to patch it together with uh they I think they brought in Feliciano, who was a giant last year who played center, but he's not really a true center. They Giants just had to move because they had nobody, and then I think they have a sixth round pick at right guard. <laughs> So I would say probably the NFC ranking is probably 49ers one. I would say with the Diggs injury, I'd say Philly two, Dallas three. Okay, yeah. I think that's I I would have put Dallas without the Diggs injury. You could argue Dallas might have been the most complete team in that. Yeah, they they would have been ahead of the Eagles just because the Eagles' pass defense. I think they almost would have been so ahead far. of the 49ers. Maybe, but either way, like the Eagles' pass defense is leaky. So yeah, they were definitely ahead of the Eagles. Before it's crazy because they got it's crazy, right? Because they got Jalen Carter. You would say, oh, this is supposed to, this is going to make them better, and it looks worse than last year. Well, their pass rush is fine. It's just their secondary Slay oh, yeah, the only that. one playing. Doug well. is right. Lynch and Shanahan both got extended. Okay. Look at that. Yeah. So. I think the Eagles' defense, their issues have come more with the middle of the field and their depth with their secondary, too, between injuries, losing C.J. Gardner-Johnson last year uh, to the Lions, and I think they have, like, two new linebackers, too. So they've been vulnerable to tight ends. They've been vulnerable to that slot area a lot this year. Minnesota definitely took advantage of that last week, too, when Hawkinson was going off in the second half and almost came back to win that game. Yep, they both... Both Shanahan and Lynch have signed multi-year contract extensions. Mm-hmm. They, so they'll be around for a while. Well, let's see if they can uh, not draft odd first-round picks. I, I'm sorry. They should get lambasted for that Trey Lance pick. No, well, they already have. They should. They traded an Uber amount to get him, and he stinks. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know. What are you gonna do? Maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll get Dak Prescott when uh, Trey oh, Lance takes over in Dallas. Right when Lance takes over in Dallas, <laughs> full circle. Dallas trades Dak in the Forty Nineers. It, it really is crazy that we 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 look back. I'm trying to pull this up. We maybe. look back at the Four Niners draft picks in the past, like you said, Solomon Thomas, Trey Lance. Kinlaw was the other one that didn't make sense to me. They didn't need another yeah. defensive lineman. They just traded Buckner well, for that first-round pick. Draft something else that you need. Well, Speedy, let's get into our NFL picks for the week. Let's get that music cranking, and let's get all over the record. I don't think I beat you this week. No, you were also 8-8, eight and eight, just like Errol was, but you're still in the overall league because you were 12-4 and four last week, so you're okay. still up. What's my record now overall? So you're 12, now you're now 20, 20 and 12. 12. 
Yeah, and I'm and 18, then you are 18 and 14. And so. what's Errol? Uh, also 18 and 14. Errol and I literally flip-flopped. Last week he was 10 and 6. I was 8 and 8. And then this week it was mm. 8 and 6 for well, or 8 and 8 listen, for him. It didn't hurt me too bad. And by the way, McCaffrey on my fantasy team last night, 23 points. Thank you very much. Yeah, that sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the guy I'm playing has Samuel and the kicker on the 49ers. So. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Michigan legend Jake Moody. So much Michigan references, Carl. Well, look. <laughs> he he got two of his players out of it. And he's got Russell Wilson as his quarterback. So that should help me this week. Beckham is out for him. Barkley's out for him. Why is Beckham in his lineup? That's the bigger question. No, he's on his bench, but he's hurt. He I wouldn't, I wouldn't play him if he's healthy guy. anyway. Can you imagine the Jets signed Beckham also with Rodgers? Oh, God. Yeah, what he would have been, been probably asking to uh, be traded by now. <laughs> Possible. All right, Speedy, what is the first game on the ledger? All right, we'll go with the... this, is a, this is a crappy week this week, so... Yeah, we'll start with uh, one that kind of lost a lot of value with their starting quarterback being out, the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. So no Anthony Richardson. He's out with a concussion uh, this week, so looks like it'll be Gardner Minshew, Jaguars legend did Gardner you, Minshew. Did you see the injury report for the Ravens? It's, like... Nine guys are after them. Yeah, it's become pretty much their norm at this point. I used to joke that, like, the three teams that always had, like, laundry list injury reports, with their, especially with their star players, the Texans, Washington, and the Chargers, were those three teams, the Ravens kind of taken over that mold. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it doesn't make sense to me why, honestly, when you look at it with the Ravens, I'm trying to figure out why this happens to them every single season. And it just doesn't make sense to me. But look, I think Baltimore is gonna should win. Now Baltimore's gotten very lucky with their scheduling. Houston week one, uh, they get the Colts this week. Who did they play last Bengals. week? Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. What'd you say? Bengals. Yeah. And they beat the Bengals. Yeah. Well, yeah. Burrow's also hurt. So, but again, still counts, right? Still counts out there. Yeah, when they couldn't have beat them for the last five years. Yeah, or uh, five games. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. They should win this game easily, even despite the injuries. But listen, Gardner Minshew is a pretty good backup. So I like Minshew a lot, but give me the Ravens, especially at home. Yeah, that's why I do think actually the Colts will keep it close for a while, too. And also, I think I think the Colts' defense, even against Jacksonville in week one, has been impressive, too. Uh, this new coaching staff, some of the carryovers from Matt Eberflus uh, and some of the remainders left from that team, I think have actually played well. And like you said, I think Gardner Minshew was just in a – situation where you knew they were going to draft Trevor Lawrence so he kind of got stuck into being traded at that point but I think he is still a good arm talent uh the Ravens will win but they keep it close with their defense uh I have them uh 23 13 all right the Titans at the Browns oh the Brown season is over man that's <laughs> you can't come back from that Nick Chubb's career is probably over too we didn't even discuss that yeah, yeah. um I'm going to rely on Deshaun Watson to salvage this year. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough ask. I think they'll win Cleveland because they're home. I think it's going to be extremely close. I don't trust Watson. Now, I expect Amari Cooper to be way more involved in the play calling going forward. But again, he's not even 100% either. So it's, it's weird. Cleveland's a weird team now because they have a pretty good defense. But they lost their star player for the season and possibly career. And I think this actually could set Cleveland back a while to replace somebody like Chubb. 
Because I do think he was one of the few running backs you do give all that money to. Yeah, he was more durable than a lot. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so to me, I mean, I'll go with Cleveland because t- Tennessee's offensive line stinks. Garrett's going to be all over Ryan Tannehill. They don't have enough. They still have a good defense, Cleveland, to keep it to keep it manageable for Deshaun to find something, I guess. So I'll go Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns, too, because the Browns' pass rush has been great so far to start this season. Now, wow, Greg, look at Wisconsin scoring on the first drive of the game. Never thought I'd see that. <laughs> that's, but, been a, that's been a disappointment. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really bad. yeah, now uh, that Wazoo team is now ranked, I think. Well, it's, it, it's, it's also more the fact that he had to inherit a lot of players, Fickle, that are just not his style of guys. Yep. It's going to take a while. Well, yeah, they have to play in the Big Ten, not in the Pac-12, like Mr. Uh, Deion Sanders gets that luxury of that. Uh... Well, oh, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, now they lost Hunt this week. That's going to be a killer. Yeah, no, I don't think they're winning this week either, but... <laughs> Oregon, yeah. Oregon's a good team. I didn't think they were going to win even with Hunter. Now they're definitely not going to win. No, I don't think so. But you're, you're going to go with who? Tennessee? I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns, though, because I think um, – I don't know if the Titans are going to be able to stretch the field the same way they were able to last week <clears> against <throat> the Chargers. The Browns have a much better secondary than that. Really good, underrated young corner depth. And obviously Denzel Ward is a top-10 corner. And Derrick Henry's had a rough start to this season so far. Well, they and, don't have a good offensive line. I know that. And, and, it's not the offensive line. It was also three or four years ago when Henry was a beast. Yep. Jim Schwartz defense, very good with the pass rush as well. Offensively, I think the uh, the Browns would have had to trouble running the ball anyway. Titans are very good stopping the run anyway, but even more so without Chubb, it's going to be hard. But I think their passing attack will do just enough. So I got the Browns as well, uh, 21-17. All right, the Atlanta Falcons Detroit at the Detroit Lions. Oh, the Lions should hopefully make up for what happened last week. That should not have happened. I don't they, they sh- I don't care if Seattle. I know Seattle's been good on the road. I get it. And then us beating you picked Seattle last week. Mm-hmm. That you don't come off a win like you do against Kansas City. You have a long stretch. Your home opener, your season, you're feeling good. Detroit's been a while. And you lay a dud on your home opener against the Seahawks. Should not have happened. I would think Detroit's going to bounce back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they blow this game out. Just me. So we'll see, but I'm going to go with Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit as well, because one thing they did do well last week, even though they struggled against the uh, the Seahawks wide receivers, is they were able to stop Kenneth Walker, and they were able to actually win a lot of run run battles on that offensive line, which is a good offensive line. Now, Atlanta's a very good offensive line, too, but I don't think you're going to get the like insane running. Falcons will run the ball, but I don't think you're going to get the insane running. I think eventually they're going to have to start relying on the passing, and I don't think Atlanta has enough receiving depth to take advantage of the Detroit deficiencies in the secondary. They haven't really been able to expose that, so I got the Lions as well. All right, another NFC South versus NFC North battle. The Saints at the Packers. I tell you what, I almost picked Green Bay last week, remember? Yes, you did. Is Watson back, or is he not playing? I don't think he's playing. I mean, is he still not playing, Watson? I still don't think he's playing. I know Jones is back. But I still think Green Bay will will win this one home opener. Jordan Love, I understand they're coming off a very tough loss, but Jordan Love has not been that big of an issue. It's... It's still the same thing. It's this it's this Green Bay defense, for some particular reason, does not play up to the standard that they should be playing at. They have so many good players on this defense. And you, I thought Van Ness would help with the pass rush a little more and also the run defense. It hasn't. 
I still like Green Bay in this game. I think they'll win it. I think Jordan Love is going to lead this team. The crowd's going to be hyped. We know that they're going to get behind Jordan. Give me the Packers in this one. Pete. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers too because I don't, I don't think the Saints' uh, offense has gotten. Derek like... Carr, by the way, Derek Carr has not looked that great. I yeah. don't know understand where all the hoopla is coming from. He has not played that great. He really has not. I saw the numbers. It's it. They're they're nothing to jump off the radar. Yeah, outside of Alave, who's been great so far, they haven't found that consistent second option on offense. Their offense. Well, you hope when, when does Kamara come back next next week, next right? week? And I think if Kamara plays in this game, the Saints would win. But if since you're relying on Kendra Miller, a rookie who I do like, it's his first game though. Uh, Rashid Shahid has just been a good second option, like a gadget player. But I, I don't know if you could do that. Green Bay's got good secondary depth. I don't know if it'll be as easy as it was. Uh, last week against Carolina, who's banged up. So I do think the Packers win, too. I think it'll be a low-scoring game close. I say 21-17. All right, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I really try to get behind the Jaguars. Like, Speedy, I know you thought I was crazy when I said I think they could be the one seed in the AFC. Everybody thought I was crazy when I said that. Uh, they had every single thing you could possibly imagine at their advantage. Every tough game they had was home. The one tough road game they had was in London against Buffalo. Instead of going to Buffalo. They had the Chiefs. This was their moment. Oh, and then, of course, Travis Kelsey comes back. But it wasn't even just that. It was Chris Jones came back. And also the Chiefs defense is completely fixed. Who would have thought? Uh, to me, this was a statement game, I felt, for Jacksonville to really stand out. And... They disappointed. Obviously, I think Jacksonville is going to be really irritated this week. And I think they'll clobber Houston. I, I, I am disappointed in the Jaguars, though, in that they I thought they should have been Kansas City at home. And I know that's like, oh, my God, you're saying they should beat the defending champs at home? Well, I mean, yes, because also when you, if you're if – you're, if you're the Jaguars and you're trying to make that statement for the year – that was the opportunity to do it. And they, if they lost 27-24 speedy, I would have said, okay, they'll be okay, right? Like, they'll be good. They didn't do anything on offense at all. And it made no sense. Lawrence was completely out of whack the entire game. And it, was it really because Chris Jones is back? And that just is a different game changer for the Kansas City Chiefs then? Is Chris Jones being back, putting the Chiefs in that conversation of AFC favorite again? I'm not sure. I'm going with the Jaguars this week. I'm disappointing them from last week. I think they're going to bounce back this week. I'm going to go with them too, but I do think it'll be closer than expected because Houston's defense, besides, I would say, the first quarter last week against the Colts has held their own this year. They did well against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked a little bit rusty in that game, and it took them a while to get going. And... Like you said, Trevor Lawrence has still not been like consistently great so far with these new wide receivers. Calvin Ridley had the one big game in week one, then it was Christian Kirk last week, but they can't get enough consistency with that. So I do think Houston, with that young secondary that's been strong, will be able to keep it close, but I, I have the Jags as well, 21-13. All right, the L.A. Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings. I think Brandon Staley's coaching for his job this week. You can't lose that playoff game and then start the year 0-3. And expect to be okay. If they lose this week, I could see Staley getting fired. 
Now the question is, who would replace him on the staff? Do they have anybody? I oh, mean, they could do it with the great Kellen Moore. I was going to say, I would think Kellen Moore is probably going to have to be the next head coach then. Mm-hmm. He almost was because, head coach in Miami. <laughs> but again, you tell me if I'm wrong. If they lose this week, you can't sit there and tell me Seattle is keeping his job for next week. There's who no knows? Way. It's the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, look, they the owner loves get bringing in new head coaches. He doesn't like to pay big for head coaches. We've seen that in the past. Um, yeah, they're finally spending money on their players. Yeah. It took well, them a while. It's, to me, uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota in this game. I am. I don't, I don't like the vibe of the Chargers right now. I don't like it. And I picked, I believe I picked Tennessee to win you did. last week. Yep, that was actually, the, I think, the only one you got over me, like, yeah. tactically. I, I don't trust the Chargers. Until they fire Staley, I think this team has completely just quit on this guy. Herbert doesn't, Herbert seems off, which is weird. Eckler is still out, I think. Yeah, he's out. They're a mess. They're not getting Quinn Johnson, the rookie, involved. Keenan Allen's been okay, but who knows before he gets hurt. Mike Williams is good. Who knows before he gets hurt. Khalil Maxman, nothing but a disaster for him. He's not been an impact. And Joey Bosa looks like, just he, he barely looks like half the player of his brother. That's the reality of it. I, I, I'm going to go in Minnesota. I like... Kirk Cousins has not been the problem for Minnesota no. this year. He has not. It's that defense has been awful, which they brought in Brian Flores to fix that defense. Flores is one of the better defensive minds in, in the game, but it hasn't done anything. They clearly thought getting rid of Cook was going to help them with the running. It has not. It's not been Cousins. It's not the issue. I think Minnesota gets off the schneid and they get the win this week. Yeah. Now, here's the thing with the defense, though. Brian Flores, he hasn't gotten him, like, drastically better yet, but he has definitely done some good things. You definitely see more impact with those depth pass rushers this year and their pass defense so far this year, which was their big weakness last year. I think they were second to last in passing yards, has been eighth so far this year. So maybe their team was just old or poorly coached on defense, and now they played a little better. Now, they have been vulnerable against the run so far. The Eagles definitely exposed that last week, but the Chargers did not run the ball very well without Eckler, so can I trust the Chargers to be able to take advantage of that? Now, I do think Keenan Allen does have a nice game, like you were saying. I do like Quentin Johnson actually to do well because Minnesota's corners are smaller, but the Chargers' defense can't stop a lick on the pass either, and Minnesota's got a young, talented Jordan Addison and the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. So I got Minnesota as well, 31-27. All right, the Broncos at the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins, man. I'm going to tell you, they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They are. Mike McDaniels is slowly becoming one of the best coaches in football. Respect to that. And I respect the fact that, albeit their defense has looked okay, when it comes down to getting things out at the end of the games, Nick Fangio has found a way to close out games with his defense. And you would think when Jalen Ramsey comes back, it's going to help them. Uh, I like, obviously, I like where Tua is. These were two tough road wins for them these last two weeks at LA and at New England. Say what you will. So, to me, I like where the Dolphins are. In regards to a team-wise, obviously I don't like the Dolphins. I'm a Jets fan. I don't, you know, but I mean, I respect the Dolphins. They're one of the, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, Speedy. They are. And if Tua stays healthy, that team is dangerous. 
Give me the Dolphins. I'm going to go upset here. I'm going to take the Broncos because the Broncos have been close in both of their games so far this year. They lost to the Raiders on those stupid penalties, just bad mistakes. And then they almost came back in, uh, to recover after they blew a big lead on Washington. Almost just missed on the Hail Mary after the or the two-point conversion after the Hail Mary. I think the Dolphins still showed some vulnerabilities on defense that Denver, I think, can expose. They spread the ball around really well, even amidst all the receiving injuries. I, you could see Sean Payton's impact in that regard. And I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to have two, like, 60-yard runs like he did last week. Like, that kind of thing is not sustainable. And I think uh, the Broncos finally get a close game win. I'm going to go with them 23-21. to 21. All right, the Buffalo Bills at the Washington Commanders. This is an interesting game because I think Washington actually can sustain that defense over Buffalo's offense. But I think Buffalo has more talent, obviously, than Washington does. I'm just curious because we've seen Josh Allen against tough defenses, right? And he can't seem to figure them out. That's the weird thing. Um, this is a tough game. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm still not completely sold on Buffalo. It would not shock me if Washington won this game, but I'm going to go with Buffalo in this one. I just think Buffalo will eke it out. But again, Washington's going to play very, very, very tough against this Buffalo team. Give me Buffalo in this game, but I'm not confident. Yeah, I'm thinking very similarly. I think Washington's offense has still shown some good progressions after that bad first half against Arizona. They've showed some good progressions after that. Brian Robinson has been one of the best running backs to start this season for the first two weeks. And what a story for him after being shot in the leg last year and everything that happened to him before that season started. But uh, besides Jahan Dotson, like, he's been down, but everyone else has gotten it going in this enemy offense. So I do think they'll be able to spread the ball around to keep it close. I just don't know if they have enough in that secondary against the Buffalo wide receivers. They have a lot of smaller corners, a rookie in Emmanuel Forbes that's very undersized against Gabe Davis or uh, those tight ends. That's going to be a tough matchup for them. So I'm going to go with the Bills, but I, I do agree with you. I think the Washington covers, and they'll be able to keep it close. All right, New England, the Patriots at the New York Jets. He went bold and picked the Jets last week. Let's see, yeah. will he do it again? No, 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 no. I actually, and I'm being serious, and this could be the Jet fan in me. They lose this game. This season is over. Over. Like, I'm talking one in five before the bye week. Mm. Like, that's how far I'm going. Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced in the last three days. But apparently he's playing Sunday. That's great. That's count. 39-year-old. That's good. Okay. Brees Hall had four carries last week. That's good. That's helpful. The weather's going to be awful Sunday. With wind and rain and all this. I see Zach laying another dud in this game. Now, I, this sucks. It really does suck. It's like I really, I hadn't been positive about the Jets. Speedy, you know me since I started this at this station. I've never once been positive since I started at this station about this franchise. What does Errol call me about the Jets? He calls me Mr. What? Negative. Yes. Hey, he always tells me to shut up. But everything I yeah, say with every other team, you're a homer. With the Jets, you're just negative. Jets, 
yeah, which, and even you know that that's not even remotely true. I picked the Devils to beat the Rangers last year, okay? So everybody needs to calm down with that slogan. And I also picked the Mets to only win 87 games this year and get a wild card spot. They're not even going to do that. So, no. No. I, I, I really tried last week. I tried to believe in Zach. I really, 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 really did. A lot of this falls on Douglas and Sawa. The depth at offensive line. The backup quarterback. Now you're stuck in this situation. Let me tell you something. If this goes awry... I have no idea if Robert Sal is going to keep his job next year. I don't know. Because I don't know if Woody's going to be pissed off about this and say, now nah, we're done. You know? I... Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one. I am. I, I, I And I think it's going to be horrible to watch. It's going to be a slob fest. I could see it being like a 13-10, 10-7 game. And I... I after this week, the Jets get what? They get Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Then I think they get the Philadelphia Eagles. Great. That's awesome. And then they get a bye. No. No. Do they? Yes, they get a bye. Then they get the Giants. Oh, that might be some relief for you guys. <laughs> and then they get the Chargers. I mean, it's like... There's a legit chance they go one and five. Yeah, Sorry. if Zach Wilson still struggles and, and, against and, the Chargers, and, then you have problems. Well, no, it, it, it's I don't see them winning this week. I don't see them winning next week. And I don't see them winning the week after. They're gonna go. What are they? Two. So it'll be one and four. At that point, it'd be one and four, and then I think they get a bye, right? Or whatever. Well, it'd be one in five. I think we missed one game. There's some. Well, oh, they, oh, the Broncos. I think they're somewhere mixed in. There oh, too. they'll lose to the Broncos too on the road. Oh, they'll lose that game. Yeah, and then I think they have a bye week because. Yeah, they'll lose that game. They're gonna go. They're gonna lose all these games with Zach as the quarterback, and they're gonna go one in five. And no, I'm not joining the dark sides. No, stop it. Relax yourself. I'm not going there. That's so not happening in a million <laughs> years. Okay. <laughs> The point being is this. The New York Jets, I don't think, are going to win a game. Their best, next best chance to win a game. Obviously, you could say Denver in Denver. Fine. You want to be fair. But after that, their next best chance to win, probably the Giants. I'm not even so sure they could do that. <sighs> I mean, that game's going to be such hot garbage. I'm going to charge you $300 a ticket on Vivid Seats for that game. I wouldn't even pay 60 bucks to go to that game. $300? Give me the Patriots in this one. It makes me sick. This Jet season is shot. It's down the tubes, and it's ruined, and they mess everything up. And now it's going to be another wait till next year crap. And I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers saying I'm going to come back best. Dude, dude, by the time – actually, Snug, you're 100% right. If the Jets went 1-17 this year, would be absolutely incredible because then the Jets could possibly get Caleb Williams, have him sit for a year or two behind Aaron Rodgers. That would be awesome. Yes, Snug, I agree with you. That would make me happy. Yes, that would make me happy. Because it just screwed up on Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so, I'm going with the Patriots. Funny, the funny thing is, that year I called them uh, beating the Browns. Because I'm like, oh, the Browns, they're trying to really find, finally try to fight for a playoff spot. Freaking, and it was, how the freak did that team with Adam Gase beat the Rams? 
The, ra How? the Rams are a lot like the Seahawks. They have a bunch of random duds every year. Like, but that was the worst time to have a random dud. I think the Giants almost beat them that year, too. Like, the, the Giants were nothing that year, either, and they still almost beat the Rams as well. Like, the, I always said that with the Rams and the Seahawks. They always have the one game, like, we lost to that everybody's team. Telling me, everybody's telling me to become a fan of their team, their team. That, the reality of it is this. As a Jet fan, I... With me, it's... You, you never have success, right? Ever. But God forbid, you just ever have like that that 2009-2010 back-to-back AFC Championship runs, and those are just incredible. By the way, did you know Snug is friends with my mom now on Facebook? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Wave us a snug. I, saw that I was like, what the hell? But anyway, I'm picking the Patriots. Speedy, you could go with the Jets probably. No, no, no. I'm going, going with the Patriots as well. No, I, okay. I, I think I think it, it's going to be close because the defense is uh, the defense for the Jets. I don't think will be as bad as it was pick? last week. Errol had the Jets. Uh, He's crazy. He's nuts. Yeah, I, where, I don't know. What, where is the confidence? I can literally say, yeah, the Zach's going to be able to outsmart Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have that confidence. I think the Jets' defense will keep it close because I don't think you're going to see uh, Jeff Ulbrich be so lazy at uh, just calling the same predictable plays every time. And the Patriots' offense has been okay, but nothing like amazing yet. And they've had trouble running the ball surprisingly this year with their offensive line having some issues, some injuries as well. Yes, because their offensive line is crap. It's such an easy, easy, easy fix. Move Makai to left tackle. Move Vera Tucker to right tackle, put Tipman at center, and put McGovern at right guard. It's such an easy fix. And, it, and, and the quote that really pissed me off the other day was they asked Ulbrich, "Oh, okay, would you trap? Would you have Sauce travel to the best player like Rex used to do with Revis?" Right. And Ulbrich literally said, "No, that's not how we do things on this defense." I'm just like. So you're basically telling me you're never going to have any game adjustments. Yeah. That's what you just told me. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to adjust into a game then. Right. How, I'm not, I can't trust that. I said it when we were doing the hard knock stuff. I said I still have questions about Salah. Losing my patience with this dude. I'm not kidding. And I'm serious. And I'm pissed off about the fact that I got to hear Jeff Ulbrich tell me we don't make adjustments because that's not how we play defense. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? You put him with the best player. That's why Steve Lamb had almost 200 yards last week. Yeah. Either way, I don't think it'll be as bad. Stupid crap like that. <laughs> Idiots. God. Stinks. It's like morons. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. Oh, I don't worry. Nathaniel Hacker will be the head coach of the Jets next year. It'll make me feel better. Oh, yeah. Great. Wait until that happens. Great. Are they going to have to hire a clock management guy? Oh, wait until that freaking happens. I I'm waiting for that to happen. But uh, see, Hackett becomes the head coach. See, here's the and thing. And then you got Hackett making every excuse in the book as to why Brees didn't get more than four carries. Here. What? <laughs> The, the, the guy ran for nine yards on the last drive, and he didn't have to carry the rest of the game. Nathaniel Hackett will say, about? Nathaniel Hackett will be like, uh, uh, I'm, I, we don't make adjustments on this team. I made the same clock management mistakes as I did the week before. But it, 
So Hall had a nine-yard rush, and he didn't see a carry the rest of the game, and according to Atkins, because, well, we weren't on the field long enough. What? What are you talking about? Who knows? What, what do you mean you weren't on the field long enough? You weren't on the field long enough because you weren't running the ball, and every time you were having Zach throw the ball. I mean, Jesus, he, the, 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 the guy... I mean, the guy thinks Aaron Rodgers is out there playing. Apparently. Maybe he's seeing ghosts from Sam Darnold. Oh, don't even get me started on that crap, Speedy. Too soon, though. That's still <laughs> numb in my head. Okay. I mean, it, it's, it, I, I'm so... Once the Rodgers injury happened and they beat Buffalo, I was excited. I said, okay, maybe Zach did turn a corner. And then I watched last week, and then I said, nah, we're done. <laughs> done. I said, there's no shot this even... Because the team has lost faith. I know we have to move on, but the team has lost complete faith in this guy. <laughs> and I love Zach at the podium. Oh, I'm still fe- I'm feeling good still. I'm still feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I'm glad you are, because I'm certainly not. Snug says, nope, Adam Gase is coming to the Jets for the triumph in return. Oh, shut up, Snug. I'm, I'm going to get out to block you next. I don't want to do that. I like you. Yeah. Even, though you never, even though you never give me shout-outs. <laughs> All right, moving on to the 4 o'clock games. The Carol- oh, that's good. Let's move on to the 4 o'clock games because I'll be sick after the 1 o'clock game. Uh, the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. No Bryce Young. He is out with an ankle oh, injury that's for good. Carolina. Let's start, that, let's start with that crappy game. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, giving the Seattle Seahawks in this one. Yeah, I got Seattle as well, and I have an a blowout. All right, another easy-peasy one. Dallas at Snug says, the Jets should get Mike White. Snug, if Mike White played against this, with this offensive line, he'd get hurt after the third play of the game like last year. Uh, but but Snug, he's Snug, Mike White has to stay on the Dolphins for uh, for the Mike White and Braxton Berrios revenge game that will come later this year. Oh, oh, oh. so ready for that to happen, by the way. <laughs> All so ready for that to happen. Jeff Ulbrich won't make adjustments. Darius will catch a game-winning touchdown against the Jets, the same one he dropped in Minnesota last year. Yep. You watch. Team is cursed. I'm convinced Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil for that Super Bowl three win, and the Jets will never be good until he's dead. That's where I'm at. All right. Uh, another easy game to pick. Dallas at Arizona, even with Trayvon yeah, Diggs out. <laughs> Dallas still wins. Uh, the Chicago Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, we want to talk about a team that's a mess. Jesus Christ, we'll watch the Chicago Bears. Sorry, Carl, but the Bears suck. That team is a disaster right now. You got FBI guys coming in, looking at people. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Definitely possible, is- but probably confidential. We'll never know. <laughs> that team is a mess. That is the messiest organization in the league right now. It's Chicago Bears. I don't know. The Raiders might have something to say about that. <laughs> no, because the thing of it is, at least the Raiders have a competent quarterback. In play. And I said this, and I said this to people. If you took Justin Fields as your starting fantasy quarterback this year, I said, you are a fool for doing that. Why would people, like, in my league, that's why I had to take Herbert. Because the next guy available was going to be Fields. I'm going with the Chiefs in the. I think the Chiefs are gonna slaughter them. Yeah, this is gonna be definitely a double digit. I think the Chiefs receiving core looked a little better last week against Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, it couldn't be any worse than Canarius Tony in Game One, but Sky Moore had a nice game. I think they're gonna be able to spread the ball around against the Bears, who have a couple injuries in their secondary <laughs> too. I'm sorry, my dad sent me a funny, uh, funny message. The Bears still suck. Song. 
Yeah, and <laughs> the Bears have not been able to run the ball yet this year either. The Bears can't beat a Packers quarterback still. <laughs> yeah, and their offensive line's got injuries. Chris Jones has a monster last Speedy, week. Forget the offensive line, dude. Their freaking coaching staff is in disarray right now because the FBI is looking at documents on these on these guys. <laughs> yep, and that will huh. probably remain Chris confidential. Had 15 seconds in the pocket the other day, and he still threw an interception. Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well by double digits. All right, uh, Steelers and the Raiders. What a Sunday night game. It's better than Jets-Patriots, probably. Um, oh, you imagine they put the Jets on that game this week? Jeez, you really were pushing. By the way, Aikman and, and, and Aikman and what's-his-name Nance are doing that freaking CBS game for the Jets. Again, I got to hear Tony Romo. Again. <laughs> Blow my Maybe Tony Romo's auditioning to, to take over for uh, I'm tempted to Aaron Rodgers. Game and just watch it like that. I can't listen to him, dude. He's all over the place. Maybe maybe Tony Romo can broadcast when the Jets are on the field on defense and play quarterback for them. <laughs> you know, uh, see to me, what is it? Steelers at Raiders. I'll go yeah. with the Raiders. I I don't trust Pickett. I think Jacobs is going to have a good game this week, even though I know the Steelers have a nice defense. Uh, I like. Garoppolo has been okay. He's not been awful. He doesn't have anybody to throw the football to. Issue. I mean, other than Devontae Adams. And that's why it's easy to game plan against the Raiders, right? You just double team Adams and there's nobody else to throw the football to. <laughs> um, I really need Josh Jacobs to get it going on the fantasy team. He's killing me. I mean, I got McCaffrey, but Jacobs, my other guy, my other yeah. stud. Um,. I'll take the Raiders. I don't trust Pickett. I don't like the, where the Steelers are right now. Give me the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Steelers. It will be an ugly game. I think they'll be able to move the ball, and the Raiders will be able to hold in the field goals. And the Raiders' pass rush, I think, will give Pickett some trouble. I think he does have some turnovers, but I do think the Raiders' secondary is just so bad that you're still going to see Pickens have a nice game. I think the tight end play for the Steelers will be very good in this game, too. I think they'll be able to hold in the field goals to keep them close, but I don't trust Jacobs still to have that big game yet, like you said, against that Steelers. Tough, Damn it, Speedy. Let him have the big game. I have him on a team, too. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I, I still i am going to temper my expectations here. And I do think the Steelers have still done well against other teams' number one receivers so far this year. So I don't think Adams has that big game either. I like the Steelers. Very ugly, 19-13. All right, Monday night doubleheader. I'll be watching that game. I'll be sleeping. Uh, Monday night doubleheader, starting with oh, the no, Eagles. Oh, no, I don't have work on Monday. Crap, and that's the freaking Sunday night game I get? Yep. Yeah. Monday night, uh, Eagles and the Buccaneers. That's your I tell you, I'm kind of feeling this Baker stuff, man. He's got the weapons. He seems to he seems to really be feeling himself right now, doesn't he? Baker. I don't like where the Eagles defense is. That's scaring me. I'm going to pick the Eagles, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if Tampa wins this game. I like Tampa a lot this year. I think Tampa might win that division. This is the best I've seen Baker Mayfield ever look in his career so far. A lot with those. I, I, I mean, uh, what do you want to go with that, that year where they made the playoffs? You can. But... Yeah, not passing volume-wise, though. No, he's been great passing the ball this year. Yeah. And he doesn't have much of a running game either right now. Well, yeah, that offensive line stinks. So that'll, <laughs> and he's still playing happen. well. And the defense is doing a nice job, too. Give me the give me give me the Eagles. I got Philly. I think it'll be a close, higher scoring game. Uh, the Eagles, like I said earlier, struggling against slot receivers this year. I think it's a big game for Chris Godwin, 
And I could even see the rookie tight end, Kate Otten, who had, uh, I think, six catches last week. I think he'll, he could have a nice game as well. Eagles have been very vulnerable with new linebackers against the tight ends. And Tampa can stop the run. I don't think the Eagles will be able to run the ball the same way. I just don't know if the pass rush for Tampa will be as effective. We've seen it be great the last two weeks against some uh, a Vikings offensive line that's banged up and a Bears offensive line that's pretty bad still. So I don't think the Bucks will be able to do that same thing. Give me the Eagles. All right, the last one, the L.A. Rams at the at the Cincinnati Bengals. Wait, aren't there two? Oh, no, wait, that was one of the Monday night games. This is the other Monday night game. This is the other I hate one, this yeah. double-headed Monday night stuff now. What is it? It's the Rams at the Bengals. Rams at the Bengals. They're, they're doing the ring of honor for Boomer Esiason and Chad Johnson. Isn't this kind of like the Bengals start to get it going? Uh-huh. It's usually around this time, and we say, oh, that's going to be a bad job. Nah. Joe Cool always knows what he's doing. He's relaxed. Everybody's relaxed. Give me the Bengals. Hyped up Monday night. Um, now, look. Do we know if Burrow's playing yet? Yeah, he's playing. Are we sure? Uh-huh. Okay. Because if he's not playing, I'm allowed to switch this pick, Speedy. That's fine. Okay. You are too, by the way. Although you might go with the Rams. We never know. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. This is where they start to click. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Right? Like, Jamar Chase has been underwhelming so far this year. Like, let's go. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I, I'm going to go with the Bengals, too, because their defense is still kind of underwhelmed, especially in that secondary. And the Rams have two very good wide receivers that have played well this year with Nakua, the rookie fifth round pick who's had 15 catches last week. And then you got Tutu Atwell on the other side, but no Cooper cups has not hurt them yet. Still. Um, oh, no, Puka, yeah. Nakua has been great. Yeah. No, he's the, he's turning into the, uh, the smaller Cooper cup so far. His rookie production so far through. Was two he games. drafted or undrafted? Yeah. Fifth round pick at a Washington, well, Washington state. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Kyron Williams has been a nice spark at running back. Now, the only thing is I don't think the the running is going to be as uh, effective. The Bengals have still good talent up front. The Rams' interior offensive line, a lot of new moving pieces. So I don't know if that will be as effective in this game. I do think uh, Deron Kendrick has been a nice addition at corner that's going to shut down one of those receivers. But like you said, I don't think Jamar Chase is going to be held up that long. Uh, Zach Taylor knows how to move him around. And Taylor knows McVay a little bit, too. And it'll be interesting to see how that coaching matchup plays out. So I think the Bengals win. It'll be a high-scoring game, 34-28. All right. So I think you only had two picks differently this week. So uh, I it'll believe... be tough for you to come back speedy this week against me. Yeah, we both had the Lions. We both had the Bills. Uh, yeah, I have I have the upset with the Broncos. That was one. And yeah, we both had the Vikings. Yeah, no, you're right. Only the only the Steelers no, and the Broncos. Be week where I'm still leading it. Yeah, it was uh, only the Steelers and Broncos were different this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was those were our NFL picks, and it's time to get into our buzzer beater. Play it, sweetie. Yeah, man. Speedy, you could stay on for this one. It's cool. Uh, my budget beater is this. We need to talk about the NFL officiating in a nutshell. And Robert Sala made a great case today saying that, that rough in the past needs to start to be challenged. I'm 110% on board with that. It's enough is enough already. I can have Sunday a referee call, a rough in the passer call. Then Monday, the NFL officiating makes a statement saying that that should not have been called. Like, you can't do that. You're costing teams games by doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous, and it needs to be fixed. And if we're so worried about hitting the quarterback, just put flags on them then. 
like they do, or put the red jersey on them and just let them touch them. Because it's at the point where it's, you're not even going to be allowed to touch them anymore. So that's my buzzer beater. Well, Speedy, always a pleasure, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be in studio next week with you. Yeah. Yes, I will be in studio at, with Game On. And I am going to be filling in for the weekend crunch for Arrow next week. So next Friday, Speedy and I are going to be together. So definitely check that out. You know, maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe Speedy gets to be a guest. It will be one I don't fight with this time. <laughs> Who knows about that either? What I said wasn't inaccurate. But thank you so much to all the fans and listeners out there for tuning in and checking out the great show. Thank you all for commenting and talking. And everybody, please enjoy your wonderful football weekend. If you're in the East Coast, stay safe out there. It's going to be a horrible, horrible, horrible storm this week. This whole weekend, pretty much going to be a washout this whole weekend. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I'm supposed to go into the city tomorrow night. I'm like, there's going to be, a, it's going to be like a storm out there. It's not just like a little rain. It's going to be like a whole, you know, fusion. Possible. I might get, I might, I might actually melt tomorrow. Tomorrow might be the day. <laughs> I mean, if I have to watch Zach Wilson another season, I might just. You know, I would say jump off my roof, but my roof isn't that tall, so I it's not gonna really do much. Um, but yeah, if you're on the East Coast, stay safe out there. Speedy, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to seeing you next Friday in person. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. The last time Speedy and I did the weekend crunch, and the words of Errol Marsh said it was the best show I've ever done. We'll keep it from there, we'll keep it going. We'll see what this weekend holds. I have no confidence in the Jets. Um, the baseball season completely sucked. In New York this year. And now the football season is already garbage. So, I guess it's going to have to be hockey and basketball, Speedy. Yeah, one can only hope for that. And Well, it's so funny because Peter, La- Peter Laviolette, his second day of coaching the Rangers, got hit in the head with the puck during practice today. So, I guess we could kind of get a vision of where that's going. I wonder like, if Zach Wilson threw it. Yeah, okay. If Zach Wilson threw it, he wouldn't be able to freaking hit him in the head. He freaking would hit the ceiling. I didn't say he was aiming for him. Well, I'm just saying he wouldn't know where to hit. He wouldn't even have a target. Fair enough. Zach Wilson. See, it's so funny on on Hard Knocks. Before we go, they used to show Aaron Rodgers remember throwing the ball into like the net things with the squares, like the different colors, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Into like the nets, and it would land to the net. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They never showed Zach Wilson doing that. I'm very curious as to why. Maybe 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 they filmed it. I'm like, uh, yeah, we have to delete this footage. (laughs) No, maybe he maybe he did a Stephen A. Smith that he couldn't freaking reach. Or or he or maybe they tried to film him and he hit the camera. Oh God, help us all. Well, thank you so much, fans, for tuning in. If also, if you are fasting this uh, this Monday, have a very healthy and happy fast, Yom Kippur. Uh, May your sins leave you. I'm going to do that, and then I'll probably have more sins come back on Tuesday. So it's, you know, you try to replenish, rinse, and repeat. That's how I do it. But thank you so much to all the fans out there. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk to you then. This is Game On Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews. 